Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Welcome to The Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Steve Murray, founder of Real Trends Consulting and a senior advisor to HousingWire, offers insight and analysis on trending real estate issues. To stay up to date on the current trends in the industry, subscribe to our podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Hi, this is Steve Murray for Real Trends and HW Media. Three topics today. China slumps while the U.S. soars in real estate. Second, what a wave of financial service innovations have hit our industry. And last, please remember that what you do does matter. So if you read the news or observe things, you'll notice that September home sales in the U.S. soared to a record high. Prices are up incredible. Both the Case-Shiller Index and all other indexes show that year over year, home prices in the U.S. have advanced anywhere from 16 to 18% year over year. While in China, two consecutive months home sales have fallen off a cliff and prices are following them down. How is it that the two largest economies in the world who have both had phenomenally strong housing markets are suddenly diverging? Well, part of it has to do with, in China, the debt-fueled property construction and consumers placed enormous amounts of their savings into property, particularly residential, because the prices for 10 years had done nothing but go up. And so debt fueled the pursuit of residential property in China, and it kept doing so and finally outran the supply, truly. The the supply outran the demand. Property developers several of the top five are under hundreds of billions of dollars of debt and bond obligations, which they're going to have trouble covering. The Chinese government started the process there by changing policy to reduce housing demand, to cool off the housing market, and to cool down speculation in property development. They forgot that that's where a lot of Chinese families were putting all their money. And they forgot that all of it was fueled by debt at the local and national level, significant amounts of debt, particularly since the local governments were dependent and had become dependent so much on property sales and development for their governmental revenues. So they've got a real problem on their hands with that. Meanwhile, back in the U.S., commercial property sales also 
set a new record in the third quarter through the end of September, according to CoStar and others. Rampant investment in industrial and warehouse space and land to develop that space has soared and has been offset, of course, by the decline in office and retail property sales. But then again, land sales for multifamily units are soaring. So across the commercial and residential markets in the U.S., property sales and property values are soaring. Well, the demand is strong across all those segments, as I said, except office and retail in many cases. And it's fueled by guess what? Free money, or at least cheap money. There are enormous amounts of money being poured into real estate, both residential and commercial, and in building and development as fast as it can be done. And American households and American businesses are following in those footsteps and buying up residential housing and commercial property at record levels. Of course, that has nothing to do with the slump in China, or does it? In both cases, it's fueled by enormous cheap money, low-cost debt that floods the world markets and makes it easy to invest in real estate. I mean, it's easy to figure out that if you can borrow at three and buy an asset appreciating at 10, 12, 15, 16, or 18 percent, you should keep buying that. It begs the question, are there any policy frontiers at the federal or state level that would put a crimp in housing? Well, we don't know what Washington, D.C. and the politicians who govern our country are going to do with the new Biden tax and spending plans. But at least in some cases, there are indications they want to heavily tax well-to-do Americans. How heavy that becomes, no one knows right now. But we know from past cycles that when that happens, it will tend to put a crimp in the investment in real estate as people shift to other asset classes based on higher marginal tax rates. Can one just imagine if, under their original plan, one party had proposed raising capital gains from 23.8 at the federal level to 46% or 36%, take your pick, and the impact that would have had on the purchase and sale of residential properties, not to mention stocks and bonds, it would have had a significant impact on what they call the wealth effect, which by itself always has a negative effect or positive effect, depending on which way it goes, on housing. We don't know what the outlines and makeup of the tax and spending plans will be finally coming out of Washington, D.C., but it, it behooves people to pay attention to what's going on. Because what's happened in China is when the government shifted policy and there was rampant speculation in housing that suddenly got curtailed, all of a sudden their markets are in a free fall. Does give you pause. Second, the wave of financial service innovation. You know, it is amazing to think that over the last four, five, six years, tens of billions of dollars has been raised to support companies 
in the iBuyer space and in the bridge loan space. And certainly this housing market does provide a cushion for those companies that are investing these hundreds of millions and billions of dollars in these innovative services. As I commented earlier, iBuyers and bridge loans are actually not new. The way they're being offered is new, but guaranteed trade-in programs and bridge loans provided by banking institutions 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago were rampant in our industry. They disappeared for a lot of years because a lot of people who had guaranteed buy-in programs found themselves suddenly in a downturn with hundreds of homes in their inventory and little market for them. But that couldn't happen here, of course. But even brand new innovations like We've been following one for a couple of years now. You'll hear more about it in the weeks and months ahead. Recently rebranded as Sell Whenever, that's Sell Whenever, it's a financial service that actually provides money, cash, to people to enter into contracts for the future sale of their home. And every part of that chain, the broker, the agent, and the homeowner, if you will, benefits from entering into such a contract now for something that may happen in the future. The financial innovations to provide better training programs, better liquidity for homeowners, better technology, continues unabated. And these are just a few of them. Like I said, be on the lookout There'll be more innovations in financial services coming soon, even those we don't know yet about. Last, just a personal comment to all agents, teams, but particularly broker owners and managers, leaders of companies. When you end up talking to dozens of brokerage leaders and you hear about their typical days and their challenges, Almost always, there are people challenges. There are problems with staff, hiring good staff, keeping good staff, keeping people motivated, and agents keeping their, again, their motivation levels high, keeping them incented to pursue clients and customers to perform a great service. Leaders of companies need to understand Our business, despite all these other things we talk about, technology and financial services, this is still a relationship business. And we talk about that frequently, and people write about it frequently. And we can talk about marketing and technology and all these other things, but the fact is great brokerage companies and great agents are great managers of relationships. And the outcome of all of that is hopefully a satisfied seller and an ecstatic buyer who got their home, the home they wanted, the home they dreamed about. What agents and managers and staff and leaders of brokerage companies do does matter. It gives people focus. It gives them hope. It provides incentives. It's a pat on the back. It's an encouraging word. It's someone who will listen to them 
when they're struggling with whether it's a personal deal or a transactional issue. What all of you do does matter because 6 million plus families depend on the services of great agents to help navigate a very complicated, complex, trying, frustrating housing market. Well, at least for the buyers. For sellers, it's still a dream world. But nonetheless, this is just an encouraging word to remember at the end of a long day. Even if you didn't get a deal done that day, or maybe an agent wasn't able to execute a transaction, or maybe there was a problem with an employee, what you do does matter to all those people because at the end of it all, it's still about relationships. This has been Steve Murray for Real Trends and HW Media. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. To stay up to date on the current trends in the industry, subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more.